Uh, I know, Dee, you have some uh, announcements that you wanted to make before we begin. Yeah, thank you. Uh, just really quickly, we've received a lot of messages on social media, you know, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, of people who don't know who they're contacting and they're looking for you, Craig. So I just wanted mm-hmm. to let everyone know the best way to contact Craig remains through the About Us section on the website. It will take you directly to his email link, and you can contact him through there about any concerns about the books or his work. You know, if you're looking for yeah, in fact, an inquiry that's that same, on uh, that's media, that same link, isn't it? That's uh, you click up about us, and you'll see uh, the yeah. contact uh, us right um, above it uh, once you uh, the video ends. So that that's where yeah. it is. Yeah, and, and if you're wanting to get a hold of me, I'm the one that you'll find through the messenger. Um, but I can always direct your messages wherever you want them to go. And there was a, a little mix-up last week on the AI thing. We don't actually use AI traditionally. There's Leia was experimenting with some AI, so people have been asking, you know, what platform that was. Uh, I don't really know anything about it. That was her project. She, you know, made some really cool stuff there. So, you know, you can ha- contact her about it. Um, but we are using a professional uh, package on Canva to make art for the, the programs if you guys want to try that out for yourselves. And um, Jackie was talking with me, and she was sharing her appreciation about what everyone is doing on the editing team, what a phenomenal job they're doing with Craig on these rewrites, and you know how much time he spent uh, and effort improving the material that he's reviewing. And she just is really impressed with everyone, David, that worked so hard on the website. She wanted to publicly thank him for all of his contribution to this, you know, from her. Um, We have people working on transcripts, chat logs, podcast descriptions, updating the archives on multiple platforms and websites, you know, the the social sites, YouTube, um, creating, Kirk's creating unique content for the ads, and so many people spending their time and energy into sharing Craig's hard work and Yahweh's message. So we just, yeah. as a team, wanted to say thank you to everyone working on that. And uh, Indeed. shout out to yeah. David. Yeah. Thank so that you, was thank it. you. And, oh, yep. yeah. And the Q&A podcast is going to be coming up again soon. So please send any oh, admissions to Oh, the Q&A time. Set. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So contact us. Yeah, Stump contact yada. us on Facebook. Yeah, okay. And, uh, oh, that's actually fun. I enjoyed that. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, the key thing about uh, studying Yahweh's Word is that you do it long enough, uh, diligently enough, uh, you will uh, expand in your knowledge. So your knowledge of what God says grows. And then when you make enough connections between these various things and you think about it, you draw insights from it, uh, you go from knowledge to understanding. And in this transition from knowing to understanding, it, it becomes really fun to be challenged with questions uh, because understanding is such a powerful thing. Um, uh, you know, Once you know who God is and understand uh, what he is offering, what he's expecting in return, how he is engaging with us, you're in a very powerful position to really evaluate everything. Um, from creation to uh, prophecy to uh, history to um, the core elements of his uh, message. So it's a, it's a fun thing to do. One of the reasons that the team is so engaged uh, as an edit team is that uh, we did come to a realization, and that's where we're back to the 89th Mismore. 
we came to the realization of something we have um, dabbled in, uh, considered, discussed for four or five years now, which is that every prophetic mention of either the Son of God or the Messiah, the returning king, is always labeled with Dode's name, 100% of the time. And so clearly, Dode David is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. He is the returning king. Uh, And there are passages that speak of him as the Zeroah, which would be the sacrificial lamb. But beyond this, there are entire mismor written in first person where Dode presents himself as the fulfillment of Passover, uh, unyeasted bread, and uh, firstborn children. And Yahweh even refers to him as our Savior, and he refers to him as his firstborn. And so mm-hmm. over time, we've come to realize that Dode is more than the Son of God, which is, you know, that's a pretty good start if you want to yeah. have something nice <laughs> yeah. for your resume. <laughs> Yeah. That's really a nice one. You know, being king of the universe, that, that's another good one. Um, <laughs> and, and, and that's no. uh, uh Being uh, the anointed Messiah. Well, you know, uh, there have been a whole religion created to falsely give that title to somebody else. So it's, it's a pretty important uh, title. It belongs to Doug. Uh, I'll say. A savior happens to be another really good one because there's a lot of stuff you have to do to qualify as a savior. Uh, and and Dode is all of those things, and we, we, we've recognized that. But when you read Dode speak in first person, or God speak of Dode uh, as our Savior, uh, and fulfilling uh, each of the seven Moed Mikre, from Pesach all the way to, uh, to Sukkot, uh, there's this tendency to say, okay, he's speaking of Dode doing this, but God, you almost want to trip into the, the Christian uh, rubbish of saying, but it, what he really means, no, what he really means is Dode is doing this. That's why, <laughs> that's why he said it's a Dode, and that's why in the 89th Mismor, uh, he said, I'm making all these promises to Dode, and if uh, if not to Dode, you can call me a liar. Um, yep. But still, to to share that message, something else has to resonate within you, which is... Uh, coming to understand Dode's motivation for wanting to do this and why Yahweh agreed to allow him to do this. If they're both monumental, why would a man who has all these accolades, he is everything, uh, he is Yahweh's chosen, he is the shepherd, uh, he is the firstborn, he's everything. God even calls him God, uh, uh, Elyon. So he has everything going for him, and God's bringing him back. Why would a guy like that say, I want to volunteer to be the Passover lamb, which means you're going to be tortured for uh, four to six hours um, by the Romans, the uh, you know, epitome of a man's civilization. They're going to whip you to the point mm-hmm. that they tear all the flesh off your, uh, your uh, back and, uh, and legs and chest and then they're going to nail you to an upright pole in the most excruciating form of death ever uh, uh, possibly imagined, why would anyone volunteer for that? And that was the easy part. Really, that was the easy part. The hard part was uh, allowing 
not just allowing, volunteering to have everything we have ever done wrong as the covenant's children. All of our guilt associated with Dode's soul so that he could carry it all into Sheol, hell, and deposit it there in that black hole, never to be seen again, and endure that separation from his father, a far more gruesome sacrifice. But he also volunteered to do that. Why would he do it, and why would Yahweh, his father, allow his son to endure such a thing? And it was when we began to... um, really come to terms with why so many of the Mizmor, uh, starting with the first Psalm all the way through the 31st, why they were all focused on Dode's role as uh, the one performing these sacrifices, and why so many of the statements were written both in the cohortative and, uh, uh, and also uh, written to express second person uh, volition as well, cohorted being uh, first person uh, volition, but also in second person volition. Why? Um, why would that be the case? What we learn is that God and His Son Yahweh and Dode are of like mind. Uh, Dode came to the decision, I want to do this, and Yahweh came to the conclusion, I want this for my son. And so when you read this over and over again, then it is, is imperative uh, that we try to figure out why Dode chose to do this, why Yahweh um, uh, supported him in this uh, choice. And it becomes quite obvious what the problem is, and the problem is Israel. Uh, Dode was the ultimate student of the Torah. He knew that Moshe was as fine a person who's ever lived, a man of great character uh, and conviction, brilliant. Dode, I mean, Moshe is as close to perfect as there's ever been of a man. Mm-hmm. And yet the Israelites tried to kill him. They besmirched him. They were incredibly mean to him. Uh, and so Dode saying, wait a minute, this guy is darn near perfect. I've got more flaws than I have hair on my head. Yeah, I'm really passionate. I've done a lot of really good things. I've really done some dunderhead things too. How am I going to be responsible for and gain the respect of Jews for all eternity? Right. When, When no one can measure up to Moshe. And so I figured it out. I can make the ultimate sacrifice. I can be the reason that every Yehudim uh, and every Israelite that uh, endures past this mortal existence and enters the covenant family to live forever with Yahweh will be there because of what Dode did. And for him to suffer those two days of torment, to have an eternity of our respect, absolutely the right call. It was a brilliant decision. Courageous, right. magnanimous, but correct. And Yahweh knew that it was the right decision for his son to make, and he supported it. So once you come to understand that, then you're in a very different position. Uh, 
most recently, I've come to have an appreciation because I'm rewriting the series Coming Home, which uh, covers the uh, thus far in the three volumes. Uh, it takes us through Mismore uh, 31 plus many other Mismore, including uh, this one, 89, that we're currently reviewing. And when you do that, what you come to realize is that the centerpiece of God's message is the father and son working together to achieve the benefits of the covenant, which are eternal life, perfection, adoption into God's family, um, being enriched and empowered and enlightened by God on Shabuah, uh, given the opportunity to be the voice that calls out the herald, welcoming the son and the father back home at a time when Yisrael has the final opportunity to be reconciled on Yom Kippurim so that we can all camp out together on Sukkah as the earth is restored to the conditions of Eden. Dode is the central figure in that. He fulfilled all of them thus far, even through Teruah, where he is the subject. And he, of course, is returning on Kippurim to anoint the Kippurath, the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. And he is then the uh, the king and the shepherd of all time, uh, celebrated uh, through Sukkah. Uh, so when God makes it clear that that is the fulcrum of our salvation, that's the the path into the covenant, that is the door to eternal life and into his home, and that our recognition of the role father and son, Yahweh and Dod, played together to enable this is the cornerstone of God's message. Now, when you recognize all of that, and it is obvious, it's, it's so obvious, I am embarrassed to say that while we <laughs> you sensed it, you were, were all around it, we, we celebrated yeah. it, you just couldn't get to the point where you just say, this is it, folks. This is, right. this is the cornerstone. Uh, nothing is more important uh, than this as it relates to your entry into the covenant family uh, and salvation than understanding the role Dode played uh, with the support of Yahweh, his father, uh, to make it possible for us to be part of the covenant and to live forever in God's home. Now, once you do that, uh, then every word... And every sentence of every paragraph of every chapter of every volume, and there are 30, uh, have to reflect that truth. And so it requires a rewrite. Um, and it requires a rewrite with a mind that even the translations have to be dealt with so that we're, we're attuned to father and son reinforcing this message throughout. Um, and God makes it clear this is the single most important thing for us to know and understand. Uh, therefore, right. with as much as I have said and have written over these past 22 years, um, it's a big task, and we are uh, dedicated to getting it right. It's, it's one of the, the unique things about the approach that we have taken, and there, and. Uh, you know, at times I'll apologize for it, and they'll say, oh, my God, don't apologize for it. But it is that most writers, if you challenge anything they say, they have a conniption fit, and they, they will come after you. 
they get yeah. dug in on their message. We take exactly the opposite approach. Uh, we strive to not only tell the truth, but tell the whole truth, to be um, as complete as and accurate as is absolutely possible. And when we may say a thousand things that are uniquely uh, true, profound, uh, only available in what we have conveyed, written uh, these past 22 years, if there is something that stands out that's important uh, that is not fully or, or correctly stated, we'll admit that we've been wrong, and we'll go right back, and uh, even if it takes two years of our right. lives, we'll go back and make the correction. And that is what we're doing now. Um, and I think it's uh, it's one of this uh, the great celebrations um, of uh, of our relationship with Iowa to know that we are the only place in the world and have been now for 3,000 years that have understood what we're sharing with you. The only place that you will find any of this is in Yada Iowa, and we have a group of people that is devoted uh, to sharing this with you as completely and accurately as possible. And we ask nothing in return for you, from you. It's there for you to read, there for you to learn for, to benefit from. Uh, if you do, wonderful. We'll see you in eternity. If you choose not to, that's your choice. Uh, but there's no donate uh, button. We don't take anybody's uh, money. We don't have a secret clubhouse. We have no uh, uh, <laughs> secret handshake or nope. uh, secret misto. Uh, Dote is our leader. Uh, Yahweh is our God. Um, and uh, I, I don't think that there are uh, are 20 people who even know where I live. And of the covenant family, there's probably 20 who've actually met me in person. So we're all pretty pretty uh, anonymous. So we're the opposite of what uh, the religious kooks do, where they say, you know, well, I'm the Messiah. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm God's special agent. I'm, uh, uh, I, I want you to uh, come to my synagogue, my church, my temple, whatever it may be, and uh, dig deep. Uh, yeah. We ask nothing for you, from you. We'll never ask anything uh, from you. And uh, we have no secret hangout or secret club or, or anything else. We just exist here to tell the truth as accurately and completely as possible. And you can choose to do with it what you uh, like. And sometimes we tell it right. in a way that's uh, really compelling, like the video now on the About Us uh, page uh, or link at the top of the community. And while that is uh, wonderful, I, I still want to thank uh, David again for um, the index. I use the oh, index yeah. every single day. I Me just too. love it. The index gives you the opportunity to look at every place that we have either amplified or put in a summary fashion, any uh, thing from the Torah, Prophets, and Psalms, and you can go to it immediately and you can compare uh, early and and, uh, and uh, more recent translations and commentary on uh, any passage uh, of, well, it's quite a list of the many, many, many thousands uh, that we have uh, covered thus far. I think it's something like 15,000 pages, but it, it's a lot. Wow. All right. We're, we are... Can, uh, can, before you go, can I ask one quick question? Sure. Mm-hmm. 
when I was in Florida a number of years ago, uh, and I was sitting next to this guy who was translating on his computer, you, and you were showing me all your mm-hmm. things, and that was cool. I mean, and, and everybody that was there also, they were out in the pool somewhere, you know. But I was fascinated with. You had a conversation with me that was uh, it went basically like, like this. You know, this whole thing is breaking down to Paul versus Dode. And mm-hmm. and it so destroys Paul. Even this one passage, eight and nine thing, destroys yeah. Paul and, and any pretender out there. Uh, and and I thought to myself, well, that's it. It really is this. And I carried that for all these years. Yet I couldn't get to the point, And I knew it destroyed Christianity. So if it destroys Paul's message, which is basically substitute somebody else for Dode. I, yes. I must be the slowest guy on the planet because I should have been saying, well, if, if he destroys Jesus or anybody like him, yeah. Bacuff, yeah. or whatever, why couldn't I go, why couldn't I just get around and say, well, then that means uh, Dode, give all those things back to Dode, and what do I have? I have the Messiah, I have the King. Yeah. I, I do, what, what was it that could I could you got the shepherd, the you have the savior, the you have the branch, you have the firstborn. Yeah, born. so does. So now he's he's all of the things that we've been doing there. So what what took me so long to get it? I really feel well, embarrassed about that. If yeah, about and it. what's really kind of interesting too is that the whole story of uh, King Shaul, Saul, and then the mm-hmm. uh, and Dode, and then the, uh, the wannabe apostle Shaul who became Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, one yes. is prophetic of the other. Uh, you know, one is kind of oh, a meaningful episode right. that became that shaped the most meaningful episode uh, in the infamy of uh, religion. And well, this program and these books are written to God's people, Yehudim, uh, Yisrael, because God is calling them home, and they're going to have a reunion on uh, Sunday, uh, 6:22 p.m. October 2nd. Uh, uh, in Jerusalem as the sun sets on Yom Kippur uh, in 2033, 10 years from now. Uh, that reunion is is slated to reconcile Yisrael and Yahudah with Yahweh. So right. Yisrael is uh, uh, the people who we speak to. We, we serve Yahweh and Dod on behalf of his people, Yisrael. And that's first and foremost. Uh, but recognizing that, it, the entire story here throughout the Mizmor and throughout many of the prophets uh, is Dode, David, versus Shaul, Paul. And you might say, so, wait a minute, that's Christianity versus, uh, uh, well, Judaism. No, 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 no. Yeah, but no, Judaism no. was Paul no. grew because uh, of that. First, yeah, the Paul. key thing to understand is that uh, Paul was a rabbi. Absolutely. And yep. had he and not Jew. been a rabbi, there is no way he could have pulled off this fraud. Uh, right. Paul no was exceedingly anti-Semitic. Uh, mm. There are a lot of self-loathing uh, Jews. He was one. But Paul's creation of Christianity, and he is the author of Christianity. He wrote not only the 14 books uh, that, uh, that uh, are attributed to him, uh, Luke was his uh, personal uh, attache. Uh, they uh, they co-opted uh, Mark uh, deliberately. Uh, Matthew is nothing but a plagiarization of Mark and uh, and Luke. Acts is all about Paul. Uh, the Christian New Testament is Paul. And 
So you'd say, wait a minute, if the message is to Yisrael and Yehudim, why is it Dode versus Paul? Well, the reason is there is no Judaism without Paul. And the whole reason that Akiba came up with the false Messiah uh, in the Yobel year of 133, 100 years late, is the rabbis knew when the Messiah was going to arrive. They knew it was going to be in the year 4,000. Yeah, they knew that was 33 CE. Uh, in fact, Dode in the, and uh, disguised as Gabriel, which is not much of a disguise since uh, Gabor is one of Dode's <laughs> most funny. prominent titles, uh, <coughs> explained the date that he, as the Messiah, was going to come into Jerusalem to make all this happen. I laid it all out, the exact date. So they knew when he was going yes, to arrive. And all the churches, and, too. But yeah. they, mm-hmm. they chose to deny it. They denied yeah. Dode. They denied the fulfillment of Pesach, Matzah, and Bakurim, as well as Shavuah. They denied it all. And once you had denied it all, and you had this religion that, was, that had created this fake Messiah and fake Son of God, who died on, on Passover, but nobody knows why, uh, who then had a, uh, a, um, uh, a resurrection event, uh, and it became the most anti-Semitic uh, religion in the world. It was a religion which took root in the, the ultimate beast, was, which is Imperial Rome, which then morphed to the Roman Catholic Church, which tread upon the whole world and would plague Jews for almost 2,000 years. Ultimate beast is the foe that Dode has to overcome to return the earth to Eden-like conditions, and he's going to wipe out everything that's associated with Christianity to liberate his people from this horrible foe. But it's more than that, because Judaism would not exist without Christianity. It is the sole reason that Akiba came up with Bar Kokhba as the fake Messiah. The reason that Jews have a Star of David when there's no star associated with David, but the fake Messiah, ah, he was called son of a star, Bar Kokhba. All of early Judaism is a rebuttal, effectively, a response to Christianity, so that these rabbis who are replacing the, uh, the priests uh, on their own initiative, not God's, uh, could control Jews. That's what it's all about. Paul versus Dode, uh, Yahweh versus Satan, is so prominent because it not only is the impetus for the most uh, horrendous beast that would ever exist, Imperial Rome morphing into the Roman Catholic Church, but also mm-hmm. for the greatest foe to God's people, which is Judaism. Mm-hmm. So these are really important <laughs> concepts. Plus, the covenant itself is all about father and son. And Yahweh doesn't do anything alone. He always works through his chosen uh, individual. Very seldom more than one person, sometimes two, sometimes three. But it's almost always with the lead individual. Dode is that individual. And so father and son work together to conceive the covenant, uh, to provide its benefits, uh, to... Show us the way to make it possible for us to benefit from it. And that is the message that resonates through the 89th Mismore 
and every psalm that uh, that Dode wrote. So that is why we're here. That is why we're working so hard to update the uh, message. All right, so what we left uh, uh, the program uh, last week, we had shared, uh, I have established cutting through separation, the Barith covenant for the family and home through uh, Ani Bashir, my chosen one, the person I prefer and have decided upon. I have sworn an oath and will affirm this promise seven times over to Dode, the beloved. Ebed Ani, my authorized agent and co-worker who serves on my behalf. What you say there, Kirk? I said pretty clear. Pretty clear. Yeah, pretty clear. Chosen by, yeah. No. I don't know okay, how you yes. can misinterpret that or misquote. I mean, quick. Uh, well, yeah, well, the only no. way that you could uh, misinterpret that is to, uh, is to deliberately try to deny it. I have established yeah. cutting through separation, the Bereth Covenant for the uh, family and home through Ani Bashar, my chosen one, the person I prefer and have decided upon. I have sworn an oath and I will affirm the promise seven times over to Dode, the beloved, Eben Ani, my authorized agent and co-worker who serves on my behalf. Now, recognizing that the following pronouns, prepositions, conjugations were integral to the verbs and nouns, in the Hebrew text. Let's see what we can learn from the next six words that Yahweh shares. Ad olam, furthermore, as an eternal witness to the restoring testimony. Kun, I will prepare and establish. Zera'ata, your offspring and that which you sow. Wabana, in addition, I will construct a home, kese ata, for your throne and seat of honor. Lador wador, on behalf of all generations throughout time. I would say that's pretty clear, too. After you just pretty finished clear. making yeah. this declaration that I have established the covenant through my chosen one, and I have sworn an oath, which I will affirm seven times over to Dode, my authorized co-worker, furthermore, as an eternal witness to the restoring testimony, I will prepare and establish your offspring, speaking of Dode. And God goes into this mode very, very often, which is he speaks mm-hmm. to us of Dode, third person, mm-hmm. and then he speaks to Dode, second person. It is throughout uh, his testimony, we find it particularly and um, uh, my favorite uh, of all uh, soliloquies, Second um, uh, Samuel uh, seven, where God goes and speaks of Dode, and and uh, uh, second person to him directly as you, and then of him to us as he. So this does the same thing. So he's speaking now directly to Dode. Furthermore, as an eternal witness. I will prepare and establish your offspring and that which you sow. In addition, I will construct a home for your throne uh, and seat of honor on behalf of all generations throughout time. Does that sound like uh, God uh, is uh, offering to do this through Akiba? Or Muhammad? Hardly. Or <laughs> no. Paul? No, of course not. Or no. uh, Muhammad? Or the misnomer Jesus Christ? Nope. No. Mm. 
No, it's, uh, it's he's doing it with Dode. And this home that he's constructing is the Covenant. And Dode's home is going to, throne is going to be in the middle of, uh, of God's home. It's his seat of honor. Uh, it's one that is well-deserved and one that I'm not, I can tell you for certain, uh, I am not the least bit envious. I am just thrilled to be one of the people yeah. who, uh, and there'll be many of us, who get the opportunity, the honor of uh, serving on his behalf. But right. I am delighted that the responsibility is his and that we are just uh, um, implements to, uh, to help. But clearly this is for all generations throughout time. Lador, Lador. So Dode not only provides everlasting testimony through the lyrics of his songs, but also his life, and it's really his lives, uh, serve as a restoring witness. What he has sown, we can reap. And in the covenant, we become his heirs. Beyond this, there is but one throne in heaven, one universal seat of honor, and it was constructed by Yahweh for his son, Dode. There is yep. no seat of honor for Jebus, the misnomer. No. Uh, none for Paul, who is named after hell, Sheol. None for uh, mm-hmm. Peter, who was a really, really lost soul. None for Akiba, Mamamides, or Muhammad. Although there is one in Sheol hell for the last five names that I mentioned on this list, uh, and not, however, for the first one, Jesus, because, well, myths are uh, exempt, since uh, myths like Jesus do not have souls. So we're not going to see any mythical any mythical creatures, Bugs Bunny, uh, the uh, Santa Claus, um, the Tooth Fairy, and Jesus. Uh, they, they, uh, they will not. They will, yeah, they will not be in. Uh, yeah, they will not be in hell uh, because they do not have souls, and it is souls <laughs> that are sent to uh, to help. Okay, we have uh, every Funny. reason to suspect that both the verbal uh, and the noun aspects of a word that is really important for us to understand: zera, sowing seeds and offspring, were intended, and that one. Uh, invariably leads to the other when the seeds are properly tended and cultivated. So in this sentence, when it speaks of uh, of Zara, yes, it's about sowing seeds, and it's about uh, offspring. Both one leads to the other. Uh, as such, we'd be wise to consider both those lives and his lyrics uh, as they pertain to uh, sowing seeds and producing offspring. Now, in this life, uh, what I think is actually Dode's most important title, one that I think we're the only people that that even speak about, Zoroa, sacrificial land. I've never heard of it before. No. Yeah, and Zoroa is is based uh, on Zerah, to sow seeds. So the sacrificial lamb, and that's the way Zeroah is used throughout the Torah. Every time Zeroah is mentioned throughout the Torah, it uh, is uh, addressing the uh, sacrificial lamb of Pesach. Uh, and it is based on Zerah, which means that this sacrificial lamb sowed seeds that would produce offspring. And this may be the most magnificent and revealing of all of those accolades, which are considerable. Zerah is the fulcrum upon which the previous 
uh, or the uh, which on which the actually the perversions that were associated with the ultimate villain in our story uh, fall. Um, it was if you go back and try to reconstruct uh, how Paul crafted the lie that is Christianity, you can see that uh, uh, the first twist is all on Zera. And what he tried to do with Zera is to say essentially that Zera is singular in the text, um, and uh, Zera is actually one of those words that uh, is, uh, has plural connotations in the singular form. It's like Yod, mm-hmm. hand, is also hands. Uh, seed is also seeds, even even in in, uh, in our nomenclature. If I would say I'm going to seed my garden or seed my field, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to buy a bag of seed. If you buy a bag of seed, bag of and, seed the and there's one seed in it, you yeah. you would not be pleased. And if you were a farmer and you were going to seed your field and you put one of them in the ground, that is not going to work unless it's Jack and the Beanstalk. So, Sarah uh, is just a term that speaks of offspring, which is many. And of sowing uh, uh, seeds, which are uh, are are many uh, profound thoughts. Uh, Paul would write is that because seed was singular, and it talks about uh, the offspring of uh, of uh, Abraham in that particular um, uh, passage that he was truncating and misappropriating. Uh, then, mm-hmm. in his twisted mind, uh, we can bypass the Torah, since he claimed that Abraham had no Torah. Uh, and we can go directly to Jesus because uh, it's a single person, not many people, and bypass all the Jews along the way. So, of course, that's contrary to everything God had to say, contrary to what right. the word means by itself, contrary to everything in, in the Torah and, uh, and prophets. Uh, and uh, there is no affirmation for what he just said to be found anywhere in the Torah, prophets, and Psalms. In fact, it says just the opposite. Yeah, therefore. But yeah. it is it is on this word that uh, that he began his crusade to attack um, uh, the Torah and to um, eliminate. You know, there's another problem too is that Yahweh specifically says that he offered his Torah teaching to Abraham, so even the foundation of it is faulty. And then, of course, uh, um, Paul would go on to say in uh, his opening. Uh, uh, tome, which is the letter to the Galatians, called Galatians, uh, that uh, the uh, covenant in the Torah, uh, called which he refers to as the covenant of Mount Sinai, uh, was uh, 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 about slavery, that it enslaved, uh, uh, as opposed to his covenant, which liberates, uh, because it was uh, formed with uh, the slave woman, Hagar. <laughs> The Torah says just the opposite. So I've always said if you have to lie to make your point, you don't have a point. And right. that was the case with uh, Paul. He had to lie to make his point, which means he did not have a point. Now, validating uh, uh, our earlier acknowledgement that uh, the seeds Dote had sown uh, through his lyrics were as important as the offspring that he brought into the covenant family, Yahweh said that he has made Dode and Ad Olam an eternal witness such that Zerah, his seeds, and whatever he sows, will Bana be developed into a family and home on behalf of Dor Dor. 
every generation and time. Of course, this negates any possibility of a person named Jesus fulfilling any of uh, these promises. Keep in mind, Jesus is not only a misnomer, he's a myth. There was no Jesus. Absolutely, unequivocally, there was no one named Jesus. There is no prophecy of a person named Jesus. There is no evidence of a person named Jesus. And the name didn't even exist until the 17th century. Mm-hmm. It is a complete and utter oh, Easy documented. Yeah, one, easily yeah. documented. Uh, this idea of Jesus of Nazareth is utterly stupid. Nazareth didn't even exist in the first century. The whole thing mm-hmm. is just an absolute fraud. The that whole bit about uh, John the Baptist, he never existed either. This whole bit in, uh, in uh, Luke is to, oh, how the, the two mommies no, got together water. and the babies just jumped up and down and they had this this one, it's wonderful experience. It's all the kind of garbage that you would expect to find in a mythical story in some pagan religion. Mm-hmm. And this character, this fraud named Jesus, uh, bears total resemblance to Dionysus and Odysseus. Um, and so the whole thing yep. is, is just one lie after another uh, to create this total and complete myth. So now as we return to the heart of the 89th Mismore, the realization that Yahweh is constructing a home for his son, Dod, is absolutely essential to our understanding of Yahweh and of the relationship he intends uh, to enjoy with us. In the manner of a father and in defiance of humanity's conceived gods, our Heavenly Father is declaring that he is taking responsibility for raising and protecting, indeed advocating on behalf of lifting up his son. What he has accomplished with and for Dode through the covenant, he will do for us. Once we grasp this fundamental truth, rather than attempt the impossible to lift God up in praise, We ought to let the Father and Son do what they have made possible. Our needs and his desire is for our lives to coalesce when we allow our Father to raise us as his children. This is the purpose of the Torah's guidance, and it is the reason the covenant exists. Keep in mind that a God that would create an inferior being to praise and worship him is not worth knowing. That kind of a God is uh, egotistical, narcissistic, uh, I mean, deeply troubled. And all you have to do is go through the mental exercise of, of uh, Kirk, you're an artist, and, uh, and you uh, mm-hmm. uh, one day decide you want to uh, paint a frog, and uh, but you are a super artist and you can make your frog come to life. It's still got the brains of a pea. And, and the frog that you create, you want to worship you. So 24-7, this frog says, love Kirk, love Kirk. Kirk, wonderful. Great creator, great creator of frog, Kirk. Wonderful Kirk, love Kirk. <laughs> after after about you know the, the 15th ribbit, <laughs> and you okay, died, okay, you know, laughing. 
<laughs> be having frog legs in the first hour. Oh, wouldn't you, yeah, wouldn't she have some frog legs? And, and say, okay, that was, enough, that was a really dumb idea. <laughs> Love Kirk. Okay, that didn't work. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work. Okay, we're, if we're gonna have somebody say "Love Kirk," it's gonna be it's gonna be nicer than a frog. Okay. Well, with this understanding, how is it that after God created this universe for us to enjoy, we humans became so full of ourselves we uh, built not one but hundreds of Thousands of houses for God. That struck me uh, so funny is. when I read that. Yeah, is uh, <laughs> I raised money for those things too. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah, that's where we're about to go that's to. Is, uh, somebody, even Dote, smart man, saying, I-, "I need to be going to so build a house for my God." One. And God said, "You stupid idiot! Excuse my French. You know Moshe in Hebrew." You're not building a house for me. I'll build one for you, though. Salah. <laughs> Pause now and contemplate the implications. Yeah. Salah. Good, good word. Good word. I have established cutting through separation, the birth covenant for the family home through Ani Bashar, my chosen one, whom I prefer and have decided upon. I have sworn an oath and will affirm this promise seven times over to Dod, the beloved. Eben Ani, my authorized agent and co-worker who serves on my behalf. Furthermore, as an ad olam, eternal witness to the restoring testimony, I will prepare and establish your offspring and that which you sow. In addition, I will construct a home for your throne and seat of honor on behalf of all generations throughout time. Contemplating those contributions. To building Yahweh's home became the very thing that caused me uh, uh, 22 years ago, long before there was an edit team, long before there was a web there was a website, before there was a Wookie uh, barking in the background, before uh, Kirk had created his frog to uh, to praise him 24/7, before Dee had created her videos. Um, I was. Uh, uh, writing um, and uh, was trying to understand how in the world uh, Samuel, uh, 2 Samuel 7, made any sense. How was this the passage that launched Christianity? And I read it and I read it and I read it and I couldn't make any sense of it. And then finally I, I pulled out some lexicons and said, maybe I can translate this sucker and come up with something because nothing else works. And come to find out, uh, that whole passage is about homes. Who builds them? Who lives in them? What it's do they home. represent? Yeah. yeah. So uh, we're going to return to the passage where it all began, the one that caused me to reconsider the prophecy um, which, uh, which uh, began my devotion to Yada Yahweh. It was, the, it was one word there that launched... Uh, millions of them that would follow. So we're going to return uh, to the 89th Mismor in a moment. But since the 89th Mismor and 2 Samuel 7 parallel one another, they are hand in glove. If you want to understand one, you need to understand the other. They, they work together. So 
under that basis, we're going to uh, take a quick run through Second uh, Samuel, uh, the uh, the uh, seventh chapter. It came to pass when the king sat down and relaxed in his home, because Yahweh had given him a comforting respite from his adversaries and rancorous foes, that the king said to Nathan, which means gift, the prophet, please look around. I live in a house of cedar, but the ark of God sits within curtains. So Nathan said to the king, uh, choose to go and do all that is in your best judgment. Yahweh is with you. Indeed, that's true, isn't it? However, that mm-hmm. evening, the word of Yahweh came to Nathan. He conveyed. This is, uh, I think, hilarious, uh, personally. I, I, just, I just love this. Go and tell Dode, David, my co-worker, that this is what Yahweh says. Why should you build me a home to live in? Indeed, I have not lived in a house since the time that I lifted up to be with me the children of Israel out of the crucibles of oppression in Mitzrayim. Then, as an ongoing witness to the restoring testimony, up to this day, I have been moving about in a tent dwelling as a tabernacle and home. During any of that time, when showing the way to the benefits of the relationship, that I traveled with all of the children of Israel, did I say a single word to one of the leaders of the tribes of Israel, who I instructed to shepherd my people, Israel, Who's he speaking about? I, I'm getting a clue here that he's speaking to Yisrael. To say, why not build me a home of cedar? <laughs> now, therefore, this is what you should say. God's got a sense of humor. So, so now, therefore, mm-hmm. this is what you should say to my associate, Dode. As a result, Yahweh of the spiritual implements says, look, I took you from the sheepfolds from chasing after lammies to being the conspicuous and informative leader among my people over Yisrael. I have been with you throughout it all, revealing the benefits of the relationship as you journeyed through life. I have cut off accordingly all of your enemies from your presence. I have engaged on your behalf to make for you an exceptionally important name, the greatest name and distinction and the most distinguished reputation when compared to the most glorified designations pursuant to the relationship on earth. Furthermore, I will appoint and establish a dwelling place for my people, Israel. I will plant them such that they may abide below uh, throughout a less chaotic time than this and no longer be agitated, anguished, or terrorized. They will not continue to be afflicted or degraded, disparaged, or denigrated by unjust 
are harmful sons, perverted, and violent descendants of evil, as they have been previously. Folks, he's talking prophetically here. This is what is going to happen 10 years from now. He's taking mm-hmm. Dode all the way from chasing after Lammies, all the way to Dode being king of the universe when his people, Yisrael, will live in peace and no longer be anguished and terrorized by Judaism or Christianity or Islam or progressives or communists or socialists or any uh, conspirator. From the day which, for the benefit of the relationship, I appointed and instructed judges on behalf of my people, Yisrael, I will provide a respite from all of your enemies. In addition, Yahweh is boldly and publicly announcing to you that indeed he will act engaging with you to create the family and home of Yahweh. Who is going to be responsible for creating the family home of Yahweh? Dode. Dode's going to get what he wants to do. He wants to build the home home for the covenant and for Yahweh. That's what he wants to do. It it is absolutely essential to his very essence that he wants to do this. And everybody thinks, well, you know, I'm sorry, he couldn't do it. He's got blood on his hands. He's got blood on his hands because he was defending Israel. He has blood on his hands because he has to anoint the Kippur at the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant so that he can reconcile the children of Israel with Yahweh. He is the one who gets to build the only house that actually matters. The one that lasts for all eternity the one that was conceived through the fulfillment of Pesach, Matzah, and Bakurim, and Shavuah, where we are made eternal, where we are perfected, where we are adopted into God's family and enriched and empowered by him as he raises us. That is the covenant family that Dode gets to build, the one that really matters. Yep. Surely, your time will be thoroughly proclaimed and completely fulfilled. Yeah, like three lives over uh, um, 3,000 years and, and yeah. then forever. Then after your relaxing rest with your fathers, I will raise up and take a stand to bring into fruition with your offspring that which you have sown. Something more in the end without hesitation for you. For the benefit of the relationship, it will be extracted and withdrawn out of a small particle of your physiological nature. Now, I am now aware that Yahweh brought, and we all now are, that Yahweh brought uh, Dode's soul back uh, twice, once already, one one time, uh, and ten years from now, and so Dodes Nefesh lives on, and Dodes Nefesh was uh, placed inside of a uh, innocuous, uh, nondescript body, uh, a Bashar, 
corporal uh, entity so that it could serve as the Pesach AL, and then his soul went on to fulfill matzah on yeasted bread uh, so that he could be the firstborn of Bukhuram uh, and return to the father. Um, so that is the story of his second life. In his third life, and in this particular statement, is talking about his third life. In his third life, God is saying, I'm going to take a, uh, a bit of your DNA, and I'm going to reconstruct the dough that I came to love, that guy that I found in the sheepfold chasing after lammies, the, the guy that, uh, that uh, gave uh, smack to, uh, to Goliath and then <laughs> took that idiot down with a single stone, the guy that was so magnificent in defending Israel, the guy that sung all those beautiful songs and wrote those wonderful lyrics, the guy that volunteered to serve as the Passover lamb and fulfill matzah, that guy I love, and I'm going to bring him back with the flaming red hair just as he looked. That's cool. DNA. Yeah. He gets to do it. That's what he is saying here. So... Uh, while I think that the second life of Dode was uh, the, the body could have looked like anything, he didn't care. He was going to sacrifice the body. Right. Um, I think that the the third coming, that body matters. Now, it matters in a way, and it matters not in a way. He's going to come back as brilliant as the sun. He's going to be Elion, almighty God, in our presence. Um, but nonetheless, as we go forward into the future and transition from three dimensions to four being unlimited in time five six and seven uh, entering the the spiritual realm of the heavens as we make that transition uh, then there are so many things that that have to be uh, augmentative but one of the things that we have to always keep in mind is that for eternity to be as uh, enjoyable as God intends, for there to be life forms for us to enjoy and interact with, for us to be able to uh, taste the wonderful flavor of a, of a good wine and, uh, and matzah and olive oil with bitter herbs and uh, lamb as we celebrate uh, Pesach and into matzah. For us to do those things, we're going to have to be able to transform out of, transition out of, uh, our seven-dimensional uh, energy-based life form as our soul into a material, material life form. And uh, if we were to take just an infinitesimal amount of who we will be at that point, uh, according to E equals MC squared, we can go from spiritual energy to a corporeal uh, life form uh, uh, without diminishing who we are, um, I, yep. and this is what this is what we're going to see with Dode, and we're going to have the same ability. So there are times when we will take on a physical form to do things that are that are best done that way. To sing songs, for example, to feel the warmth of uh, the sun, S U N N S O N as we uh, move mm-hmm. through eternity, to enjoy the earth as it's transformed back into the Garden of Eden. Um, all of those yeah. things 
uh, physical body will be an attribute, even though uh, overall it's a liability in eternity because you can't travel of any distance. You can't be uh, perfect. You can't be uh, immortal. Uh, any of those things require a spiritual a nature. But we will have both. Yeah. And this is the story that is being told. I'm getting uh, uh, away from the... the uh, the story here, but after foreshadowing the 89th Mizmor by speaking to his son, Yahweh transitions to speaking to us about him. This is that whole story that I told you where God will speak to, uh, to Dode mm-hmm. uh, and second, and second person. person, you, and then he speaks to us about him. So did he uh, will say he, uh, that's what we just witnessed in the Mizmor. That is what we're uh, witnessing now and Shamuel too. 7 and 12. Uh, and so, I will establish his reign over his kingdom. He himself shall restore and rebuild the family home for my name. That's what we just read in the 89th Mismore, wasn't it? It's exactly yeah. what we just read in the 89th Mismore. Yeah, and yeah. he will build the family home for my name. The 89th Mismore is really clear. Who's he speaking to in the 89th Mismore? Dode. 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 That's what he said. Mm-hmm. That's oh, yeah. Yeah. what he's repeating here, and he's speaking to the same guy. He will build the family home for my name, and I will prepare and establish his throne of his kingdom forevermore as a continuing witness. Samuel 2, 7, 13. Exactly what we read. And the yes. Yeah. I was, I am, and I always will be for him as a father. And he was, he is, and he always will be for me as a son. Do you know how many people Yahweh said this of? You could look at your hands and say, mm-hmm. all right, let me start counting. <laughs> And once you Here's use one. one finger, you've got it. <laughs> Father and son, I will be for him as a father. And he was, is, and will always be for me a son. Mm. Oh, not talking about some mythological Mythical care. figment yeah. of somebody's stupid imagination. This not Jesus. He didn't mention Jesus here. No. Stowed. Now, of course, the rabbis would say, oh, I can't be uh, God's son because they're different species. <laughs> okay. Uh, what part of the whole covenant concept did you not get? So when that <laughs> All associate... <laughs> now, this is gets back into that, that uh, dispute. Uh, Dode via Shaul, which became the basis of Christianity and Judaism. So when that which is associated with him is warped and perverted, twisted, such mm-hmm. that it is contrary to what has been stated, I will resolve this dispute against him, vindicating him, deciding with him to expose and issue a condemnation against the weapons and the staves wielded by rulers of nations of men and against the fungus and plague that has fallen upon the descendants of Adam. 
Well, what is that hit. fungus and plague? It is religion. Yeah, that's the, yeah, the weapons that's and staves wielded by the rulers and nations, that is politics. God says when the political and the religious twist and pervert what has been stated, Star of David, searching for an unknown Messiah, giving the title Messiah to a mythological creation, giving the Son of God accolade to a mythological creation, not crediting Dode with the fulfillment of Pesach, Matzah, and Bakudim. When those things happen, God says, I'm going to resolve the dispute. I'm going to vindicate him. And I'm going to issue a condemnation against the political and the religious. And therein is a perfect explanation of the religious crusade to transfer the promises made to the Messiah to create a Christ. God is not a fan. Therefore, my steadfast devotion, my enduring love, my commitment to the relationship, and unmitigated favor will not be removed from him, will not be disassociated or diminished regarding him, nor replaced, substituting another for him. As was the case when I turned away from and completely rejected associating with Shaul. Wow. Um, to show the proper way I removed from your presence. Goodbye, Christians. That's your boy. Yahweh says, I'm never going to turn away from Dode. I'm never going to disrespect him. I'm never going to diminish him. I'm not going to substitute another for him. So much for replacement theology. Speaking to Dode again, God concludes, and so your family and your position of authority, your kingdom and reign are assured. As it is trustworthy, dependable, firmly established, credible, and enduring forever as a continued witness in my presence. Your throne and seat of honor will be established and sustained forevermore as a restoring testimony. Consistent with all of these words and according in accord with the entire revelation in this manner, Nathan accurately conveyed this to that's it there's nothing more that need be said and God reinforces it over and over again now I think one of the challenges that people have is that they think you know God big strong powerful uh, God can do anything he wants and uh, and God doesn't need you know puny uh, people he wants to uh, you know signs and wonders miracles all that kind of stuff God spoke directly to me no not how God works you know God tried that with the children of Israel they said no don't mm-hmm. don't ever you're, you're too scary don't ever talk to us again go away you know I said okay okay I get it I get it I don't want to scare you you know I'm trying to intimidate you um, I'll communicate through Moshe. That's just fine. That's the only reason I met with you anyways, to let you know I'm communicating through Moshe. Yahweh likes to work through people. That's just his style. He he de- does it because he is devoted whole point. to the covenant. It's the whole point. That's <laughs> the whole point. The and whole so point is not to Dode be alone, just happens to be his alone. favorite. Yeah. And Dode is the person he works yeah. with 
uh, over the most important issues, the unification of Israel, the creation of, uh, of, of Jerusalem as the, uh, the home, the establishment of the covenant, the fulfillment of the Mikre, and the return to guide the, and shepherd his flock forevermore. He's doing it through doubt. If you don't like doubt, you aren't going to like heaven. Not at all. If you wanted to besmirch him and give his accolades and his sacrifice to somebody else, you are not welcome. In dangerous territory. So this prophecy is about houses. It's about who built them and who lives in them. Dode, who had a home, not Jesus, who was homeless, throughout the myths described about him. It is all about what God is going to do for, with, and through his beloved Son. It is also about the seeds and thrones, who sows them and who sits upon them. And when it comes to such things, Yahweh is beside himself, annoyed to the point that he has made his point in such a vivid way there shouldn't have been a single church, mosque, temple, or shrine called the house of God. And yet men have erected millions of them. Just as God has never once asked us to worship him, well, Kirk did, but not God. To bow down. <laughs> no, no, I, I do want to see the, the, the drawing of the of the toad that the toad that roared. Uh, bow down yeah, before Kirk, him. I, I don't know if uh, toads can <laughs> bow, but um, I do like the. Uh, well, they the start out that way. Yeah. yeah, before uh, Budweiser decided to be uh, woke. There was that uh, famous uh, Super Bowl commercial where the three frogs got together, and they had the uh, the light of the uh, of the bar, and it was Budweiser, Budweiser, and the three uh, frogs were croaking it out. So we could have uh, the uh, the Kirk is wonderful uh, medley. Um, that's not, yeah. that's not ridiculous. I'll draw a frog, but that's, that's enough. Okay, having returned uh, to. Yeah, you're in Carmel now. Anyway, they don't like salt water, yeah, so you're uh, you're probably you're probably safe. Yeah, <laughs> having returned to the prophecy where my journey began some 22 years ago now with Asher, associated with and to Samuel 7:14, we have found the obvious answer to whose home and throne is being established. It is unequivocally delineated here in the 89th Mizmor. Therefore, to Sam 7 is about Dode from beginning to end, just as is the 89th Psalm. It is Dode's place of honor and kingdom, which will endure forever, as is affirmed throughout the prophets. Further, as Dode's of whom Yahweh has said, he is my son, I am his father. He actually said it the other way around. I am his father, he is my son. Yes, my son, yeah. Something the 89th Mismore will soon... It wasn't until many years after my initial quest to understand Asher in 2 Samuel 7.14 that I came to realize that God was speaking of what Paul would do to pervert and misappropriate Dode's legacy. And in this regard, Yahweh has put us a notice that he will side with 
and defend his son. Along these lines, I would like to reinforce something um, equally germane to our understanding of 2 Samuel 7 and to our appreciation of the 89th Mismore, both of which celebrate the father-son relationship, which is paramount to the life of the king of Israel. Dode represents more than just an individual man. More perhaps even than Jacob, Dode is Yisrael. He enjoys the heartaches, uh, his ongoing battles with Goyim, uh, his insights and errors, the benefits he enjoyed in concert with the covenant, and the consequence he endured when he ran afoul of it are all shared in common between Dode and the nation he shepherded. One life mirrors the other. After this brief intermission, one that uh, was instructed in the text by Salah and the Mizmor, uh, we return to the voice of the psalmist. Uh, this portion of the song was written to counter the absurd notion that the gods of men, such as Adonai, the Lord, Hashem, Allah, and Jesus, are somehow analogous and comparable to Yahweh. Mankind's gods were modeled after men, especially those who spoke for them. Uh, Allah is the alter ego of Muhammad. Uh, Jesus is uh, Paul. They were afforded characteristics which were sufficiently fearsome to command obedience by blending a plethora of seemingly plausible yet irrational notions. This is now Mismore 89.5. The spiritual realm knows and appreciates your wonderful and marvelous contributions, Shaiwa, and also of your trustworthiness in the community of the set-apart. By contrast, who in the skies of the material realm can be equated to Yahweh? Who is similar or thinks like Yahweh among the sons of gods? Oh, it's a riddle, but with a ridiculously easy answer. The one who is equated with Yahweh, the one who thinks like Yahweh, especially among the children of God, is the very man that Yahweh labeled Elion, Almighty God. Don't. Yeah. Don't be uh, freaked out that, that El, God, would call his son, Dod, Elion, the Almighty, because that's God's intent with all of us. Yeah. He wants like to make us greater than we are so that uh, humans that were created in Yah's image, just in lesser dimensions, can be magnified and increased such that we grow in so many different ways, we become very much like God, so that he can use that term of us. Now, Dode is the man after Yah's heart. The affirmation appears in Samuel, listen to him, 1 Samuel thirteen fourteen, a passage we'll consider later on in these chapters as we seek to refute the ill effects of Christianity. And while that is true, 
this proclamation was designed to set up a comparison between the wonderful accomplishments of Yahweh, which are acknowledged in heaven, contrasted with the meaningless myths attributed to the sons of God conceived within the material realm, Dionysus and Jesus being among them. The words men have attributed to them pale in comparison to the majesty of Yahweh's message. I mean, just think for this for a moment. Dode fulfilled Pesach with his sacrifice, and then Matzah, when his soul took our guilt with him into Sheol to deposit it there so we would appear perfect. And as a result, he became the firstborn on, then enriched and empowered by God with the promise of seven on Shabuah. That is an exceedingly important thing that enriches and empowers all of us. The myth named Jesus was tortured and died. For what? You know, I can't read any place in the Torah prophets where it says, if you're tortured by a Roman, that provides life to my Eternal, people. yeah. Yeah. Hardly. Uh, there is no celebration of matzah in Christianity or Judaism. So how is one perfected? What good is it to be uh, eternal, even if you were to figure out Passover, if you skip by matzah and you're not perfected? If you don't benefit from what Dode did uh, on matzah, then I'm here to tell you <laughs> Passover is counterproductive because the only way you can be eternal and unperfected is to spend an eternity in Sheol, hell. So what the myth Jesus did, if you can attribute did, a verb, actionable something, to a myth, mm -hmm. uh, is to die. You know, as simple as a dead god on a stick. Hey, great, good for you. Now what? Oh, but he was resurrected. Well, that's really stupid. So you went from a physical being back to a physical being. Ha! Out of way to show show us that there was nothing gained by by any of this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks a lot. <laughs> and so, you know, with Dodi of this magnificent fulfillment of the seven Moed Mikre, uh, where we receive the five benefits of the covenant. <laughs> with thank you very much. You get tortured and you die for what? <laughs> become what you were beforehand okay it's just utterly stupid now a good point if asked to uphold the single most important aspect of Yahweh's character and his greatest contribution to humankind I'd vote for yeah. trustworthiness without it yeah. nothing yeah. else matters yeah proving it is the purpose of the Nabi as uh, that is how their credibility is uh, validated uh, in terms of, of Yahweh's inspiration. Enabling it is the purpose of the Torah because without guidance, there can be no trust. Uh, with it, contradictory scriptures and false gods are rendered moot. God does not change. He is dependable, he is reliable, he is trustworthy. And that's really why it's one of the five conditions of the covenant. Trust and rely. Mm -hmm. Trust and rely, yeah. Walk to him and become perfect, which is to accept what Dode has done uh, for us. Right, close to examine and carefully consider the terms and conditions of the covenant. Yahweh's 
contributions are many. He created an enormously large, rather complex, and yet functional six-dimensional universe. And that was the easy part. Then he conceived life, writing the three-dimensional language to propagate countless possibilities. You know, then that three-dimensional code, there are vastly mm-hmm. more possibilities than there are stars in the entire known universe. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. He conceived life uh-huh. writing this three-dimensional language. He gave us free will with a conscience to wield it. He designed us so that we'd be able to understand him and respond to him. Then he not only gave us his Torah and his prophets, but he and his son also fulfilled every promise. Now there's a statement. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Together, they did this. And you know, it's not just that they did this, but they told us they were going to do it a thousand years did before it, they did it. They told us they did it. Yeah, just like some of it, they, they told us they were going to do it 3,000 years before they did it. And they didn't tell it to us yeah. once kind of, uh, you know, uh, broadly. Oh, by the way. They, yeah. yeah, like, for example, on fulfilling Passover, they described in excruciating detail the what it would be like to be crucified uh, years 800 later. years before crucifixion was even invented. Oh, 800, yeah. 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 You know, and... And Dodd, uh coming as, uh, as Gabriel, the, um, uh, the courageous and competent man of God, yeah. uh, told us the exact day that he was going to arrive and what he was going to do as the Messiah. I don't know how we, you messed this up. <laughs> it's so clear. It's got to, this is what we're going to do. Then we did it. And we told you this is the consequence over and over again. And yet the religious will deny it. Yep. So Yahweh's contributions um, are, are many, and we just ignore them. And we aren't just explicitly told Think of the community of the set apart, you know, what it represents. This is the covenant family. The covenant is not only Kodesh set apart, but our Heavenly Father's children are the principal beneficiaries of his steadfast commitment to the truth. Now, along the most ignorant and irrational notions popularized by man is that we, we all worship the same God. This is rather twisted because God begs to differ. Uh, Religions or religious gods are fundamentally different from one another, and so are their scriptures and names, making this religiously unifying belief ludicrous. What's more, the traits common among false gods are universally foreign to Yahweh. Said another way, Aligning our thinking with Yahweh necessitates a willingness to reject all religious presumptions. God, El, the Almighty, is inspiring and awesome in the counsel of the set-apart ones, tremendously great, while inspiring reverence and respect beyond all 
those around him. Yeah, so the 89th Mismore is about Dode, but what is Dode without Yahweh? Nothing. Nothing. Yahweh without yeah. Dode is still God. He's just lonely. He doesn't have a family. Lonesome, yeah. So Lonesome. Yahweh yeah. with Dode, great synergy. He gets to grow. He gets to enjoy uh, uh, the thing that he covets most, which is to spend time raising sons and daughters and experiencing life and the universe with them. So with Dode, Yahweh's existence is hugely um, uh, more beneficial, more enjoyable. But clearly, Dode without Yahweh is nothing. And so to speak of what Yahweh represents, we have to speak about what God represents, what Yahweh represents, and what Yahweh represents to the covenant. Because Dode is literally nothing without Yahweh, and with Yahweh, he is almost everything. To understand Yahweh is to revere him. Yahweh, God of the vast array of spiritual implements, who and what is comparable to your awesome power and extraordinary gifts, which were all around you, Yahweh, including your overwhelming commitment and unwavering commitment to the truth. Ms. Moore, 89.8. I'd say this is similar to what we just uh, covered, where mm-hmm. Dode is nothing without Yahweh. Uh, the reason that Yahweh is meaningful to us is because of his unwavering commitment to the truth. He yes. is who he said he is. He will do what he said he will do. His uh, awesome power and extraordinary gift is the child who was born and the son who was given. And nothing is comparable to Yahweh, including his unwavering commitment to accomplish and fulfill everything he has said that he will do with and through Dode. So this is a rhetorical question, and yet as few as one in a million know the answer. Most don't even know where to look to find it. You know, this is now the fourth time we have seen this very unique word here, amuna. Uh, I translated it as your unwavering commitment to the truth. Amuna. Mm-hmm. was amuna ata, uh, trustworthiness. It's used to describe Yahweh or to affirm that it is among his gifts to us. It appears in Psalm 89.1, 89.2, 89.5, and now here in 89.8. Not surprisingly, we will encounter Amuna four more times in Mismore 89.14, 24, 33, and 49 bringing the total to eight, which happens to be the number equated to that, which is, yeah, Ah. eternal. Dode's life and lyrics provide the antidote for Pauline Christianity and for rabbinic Judaism. Trust is the remedy for faith. Those who know rely. Those who don't believe. Trust is empowering, enlightening, enriching and liberating while faith devalues and be 
bewilders, depreciates, and it ensnares. Now we are still broad are still uh, recording, but mm-hmm. not uh, broadcast anymore. We have uh, a significant audience that have called in, are listening on the oh, phones, nice. that can still hear us. And as I say, the overwhelming preponderance of these programs are uh, are listened to in the uh, the podcast mode via the archives. So we're going to uh, go to one more uh, uh, statement. And by the way, if You've heard me be a little slow tonight, and uh, like when I was talking about uh, second-person volition, and for some reason I couldn't even uh, come up with the uh, the word uh, imperative mood uh, to describe it. Uh, We all have our aches and pains in life. Some things uh, uh, don't go as smoothly as uh, as others, and some days aren't quite as, uh, as easy as others. I got about 30 minutes sleep last night, and so after, you know, a night of 30 minutes sleep, uh, about this time uh, tonight, I'm in the Atlantic time zone. It is now 8:30. Um, the, the, the brain wants to shut down. The, the tongue, you know. It's, I feel mm-hmm. like Moshe yeah. at this point is say, "Wait a minute, you want me to do that? Uh, my uh, tongue is <laughs> uh, is thick and slow, and not me. Right. Find somebody else." I think you're um, doing. I think you're doing great. So, so anyway, <laughs> I, I am. I am a little slow tonight, so I'm going to go over this and then. Um, I can uh, tell it's you Alabama that uh, speed. We appreciate yeah, it. that I'm uh, I'm off to uh, to bed and you know and you know and, and fairness, one of my uh, um, anxieties is caused because uh, uh, my wife uh, Leah, many of you know who are, are listening, mm-hmm. is uh, undergoing yes. uh, testing and evaluation in Florida uh, for a uh, a spinal injury. Um, uh, which is likely derived from an, uh, an accident long ago. Uh, and uh, she has um, injury all up and down her spine, but uh, the thing that she's in Florida to deal with is, uh, is up in her uh, neck where she needs a, uh, uh, an ACDF surgery uh, to remove um, uh, encroachment on her spinal cord, which is causing uh, gradual paralysis of her uh, hands, arms, and uh, and legs, and intense uh, headaches, and then may need other spinal work going forward. And so, you know, the the uh, the facilities in Florida are pretty spectacular. Wonderful Tesla MRI machines and bone density scanners, and a world class uh, doctor. And, and my very very dear friend. Um, in fact, I, I think he was the second Yehudim. To or Yehud, uh, to mm-hmm. uh, reach out to uh, to us. In fact, he he Yoel was uh, first, approached right? me. Yeah, Yoel mm-hmm. was first. Um, uh, and in fact, I spent a long time speaking to Yoel over this past week. And uh, Mary Yoel's wife is uh, now working in social media and with uh, Dee and Leah. Uh, she is a real sweetheart of a human being. And and, uh, and um, Yoel. Uh, uh, Joe's is uh, his actual name uh, is you know my dearest friend and uh, and a man I have such complete and tremendous uh, respect for and one of these days uh, as time permits he'll be back on this program we even talked uh, about it, uh, him returning uh, when we had our conversation this week but uh, you know long story short uh, uh, Dr. Jeff as we call him uh, mm-hmm. a critical care physician um, is uh, with my wife, uh, uh, representing her uh, as family, 
uh, as she uh, mm-hmm. goes through this testing and meets with all the uh, the surgeons and the surgical uh, consults. And it is wonderful to have a an extended family as part of this, but there there clearly is anxiety associated with it, and there's other aches and pains in life. And mm-hmm. you know, I didn't uh, just didn't sleep last night, so um, that uh, that is part of the uh, of the ongoing struggle and and i'm not ashamed to admit that you know we all struggle at times uh you know life is not a bowl of cherries and you don't uh, grow or develop character unless uh, you're faced with obstacles which uh you can deal with and try to overcome and and in this particular case i'm i'm standing up on another issue to uh uh, to a, a bit of um of gamesmanship uh uh in fact i would say it it goes as far as uh someone trying to uh uh to blackmail me uh something i don't uh um appreciate one little bit um and so i'm 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 have dug in my heels and said nope i i don't care how little you want um you are not going to uh, get by with that i'm not going to stand for being extorted or uh, a, a fraud of this nature and i don't care where it takes us i'm going to stand up and do the right thing and so I uh, didn't sleep really well, very well last night. I, I'll sleep uh, like a baby, I think, uh, tonight. Um, long okay. story short, uh, let's uh, finish this last um, uh, statement, sure. and then uh, okay. we'll, uh, we'll bid uh, tonight. But, you know, again, I, I think it's important to have a human face on on uh, who's sharing this message with you. Um, sure. Yahweh was certain to do it. He, uh, he told us, uh, you know... The whole story of Moshe. He told us the whole and story of Dode. He told us so much yeah. of an interesting story on, on someone like uh, Noah, Noach. Um, uh, we learned so much about uh, individuals like uh, Elia and uh, Yashaya. It's God likes to to uh, share the humanity of the people that He has chosen to work with. Look how much we know about uh, Abraham, the scallywag, and and uh, Sarah, the ultimate uh, sweetheart. Uh, we know <laughs> enormous amounts about their lives. And when Yahweh says, you know, I want to work with you, he doesn't want that person to be uh, completely anonymous. He, he wants that person to, uh, to be known, to be real, to, uh, to share uh, how they see all of these uh, stories and insights, uh, not only uh, pursuant to their lives, but to everyone else in the covenant. So that's the reason yeah. why uh, I'm, I'm uh, often willing to share um, some of the aspects of my life. So you have conveyed vivid parables, uh, Ata Mashal. You have created easily remembered proverbs, which are word pictures in regard to establishing one ruler over the raging devastation and presumptive arrogance of the sea. When its turbulent and surging waves rise up in deceit, you expose and stop them. Mismore, lyrics to sing, Psalm 89, 9. All right. Uh, mashal is one of those wonderful terms. Uh, I am convinced that uh, that there may be two or three mashal that Solomon may have written, but to attribute them to Solomon is just not fair. 
they are about father, mother, and son. And in this case, they're about Dode's relationship with his father and our spiritual mother. And they are being shared so that we can invest ourselves into the story and see ourselves as the son of and daughter of, uh, of God and rely on those same promises uh, and benefit from the same teaching. Uh, so these parables, uh, mashal, um, were written by Dode. So you have mm-hmm. conveyed vivid parables, um, and then mashal also means to lead. Um, so you are not only the leader, but the, uh, the one who has supplied these vivid stories which are easy for us to remember because they're word pictures. Over the raging devastation and the presumption arrogance of the sea. Now, mm-hmm. is God no, saying is. that the sea is arrogant? No. What does the sea Metaphor. represent? The land mm-hmm. represents Boy. Israel. The sea represents mm-hmm. that which is not Israel, which is Goy. Mm-hmm. So God is saying the Goy are devastating, they're presumptive, they're arrogant. Mm-hmm. And that these vivid word pictures have been presented in contrast to that arrogance and the presumptiveness of Gentiles. When it's turbulent and surging waves rise up in deceit, you expose them and stop them. And God is very keen on uh, going after, exposing and condemning Pauline Christianity and uh, Akiba's uh, creation of um, Judaism. Uh, God right. is exceedingly anti-religious. He's anti-political. Mm-hmm. He's anti-conspiratorial. I had a conversation with a gentleman today that's doing some uh, solar work on the uh, on the house and he just thought I got it. It was a, a young man that uh, said, you know, I've come to realize that these politicians are all liars and that um, people that get their political news from Facebook uh, are just absolutely wasting uh, their lives. And that mm-hmm. uh, religious religions are all complete frauds as are conspiracies. Uh, if we want to know the truth, we have to work for it. We, we need to do our research uh, and base, it on, base our study on evidence and reason. Well, not a lot of people like that today. Hardly. Uh, yeah, that's, um, that is what God does. He, he has a consistent message where he says, I despise the religion of my people. I despise the religions of the Goy. I despise the politics of my people. I despise the politics of the Goy. And at sometimes yeah. they're indistinguishable. You know, you got Israel now politically trying to be a liberal democracy like uh, the beast that is uh, yeah. Europe. Why would you want to emulate them? They hate you. God hates them. Why are you trying to be that? Um, and then you have on the other side the Herodim, which are, you know, it's a the dumbest religion in the world. I mean, this is a religion that can't, claims that it goes all the way back time of Moshe with an oral Torah that never existed, that is is uh, condemned at every possible 
moment uh, that's delivered by rabbis who are never sanctioned or never never authorized. Uh, in fact, God says, no, 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 you you have no say in, uh, in what I'm doing. I uh, don't have a clue as even to who I am. And you have this uh, religion that everybody plays religious dress up as if they're going to a funeral with these little curly cues on the side of their head to make them look really stupid. Uh, and they're black hats uh, because, well, we're evil. Uh, and it's a religion that was created in the uh, 18th and 19th century. 18th and 19th century. And Pretty it new. wasn't created in Israel. No, it was created in the Ukraine. And yet, you've got all these doofuses uh, shunning English, shunning the Internet, uh, shunning work, shunning the defense of Israel, going around like little robots that uh, are lemmings at the total control of rabbis who are playing them for fools, making merchandise out of them. And that's this division right now in Israel. One side, the Herodim that are parasites, and the other side, the utterly confused and confounding, thoughtless progressives. It's a very turbulent time where Israel has done everything in their power to be like the Goy and to anger Yahweh. Uh, totally frustrating him and their relationship with him. And we have only 10 years left to expose and condemn religious Israel and political Israel. And for those who are willing to leave them as Abraham and Sarah walked away from Babylon before they were introduced to Yahweh, we have 10 years to get Israel and Jews to walk away from their religion and their yeah. politics such that they're willing and able to listen to what Yahweh had to say and what father and son have done so that they come to know their Messiah, Dote, their king, Dote, the son of God and their God who has one and only name, one and only one name, Yahweh. I feel now again a little bit like Moshe. He says, wait a minute, do you, you want me to tell them your name? And I'm the guy that uh, has a, uh, a speech impediment, <laughs> which, which is just so priceless because, uh, you know, for example, Leah today was reading to me what she, what she asked uh, a, uh, an AI engine, uh, who is Yahweh? And, you know, it came out with this dribble. Uh, uh, you know, his name is considered too sacred to pronounce. Um, well, that certainly would be news to Moshe and to Dote, who, who used it in every sentence. But, yeah, but, yeah, thousand times. Uh, yeah, so, uh, uh, but, you know, Moshe was the guy who was, uh, uh, who introduced Yahweh's name to his people. Uh, mm -hmm. His diction was not perfect, at least uh, initially. And so God is saying, yeah, this idea that you have to have perfect diction to say my name is so utterly absurd. I'm going to have a man who admits that he has a speech impediment be the one responsible for introducing my name to my people. So 
uh, tonight I feel like I qualify with a slow tongue. But yeah, well, yeah, he isn't sensitive in that way. Yeah, he, he wants us to know his name. He wants us to use his name. He wants us to use our brains and to figure out how you pronounce the four vowels in his name as Yahweh, to recognize that so long as you can pronounce Torah, you can pronounce his name. So long as you can say Shalom, you can pronounce his name. So long as you can say Elohim, you can pronounce his name. Uh, so long as you can pronounce the vowel, uh, the verb that, uh, that uh, his name is based, Haya, you can pronounce his name. So, yeah. listen, uh, if a dumb goy figured it out and then proved it, <laughs> uh, my guess is that... Take, take that. Yeah, Yisrael should be able to uh, to do the same thing. Figure it out. Yeah. So, that's the end of our program to, uh, tonight. We, uh, we made it through without any uh, injury. Uh, my my pooches are both sound are both sound asleep here. So yeah. So uh, good night, one and all. Uh, happy Shabbat uh, to uh, one and all. Uh, uh, Dee, thank you for your uh, your uh, messages and uh, introduction and support and uh, for that wonderful video. Now that is at uh, yadayad.com and thank you, David, for for getting it to work within the site and integrating it in such a, a wonderful yes. way and Jackie for coordinating that. And, and I mm-hmm. want to echo yeah. uh, my appreciation for the, uh, for the editing team. It's a big project. We're going to be at it uh, for a year or more, but what a celebration right. of the covenant of, of Yahweh, of his intent of, of uh, his people right. to be able to, uh, to bring this uh, message and, uh, and Kirk, uh, We'll always remember uh, the uh, the frog that you created to um, to tell us that <laughs> my frog fetish. It, uh, you you are you are the special one. I'm exposed. <laughs> You've been exposed. You've been exposed as the artist with the frog. Uh, but if if uh, if we can convince people uh, with that silly story to recognize how absurd it is. To, for yeah. God to create an, inter, an inferior being to worship him and how demeaning yeah. it is to God to have us uh, reduce him to a, uh, a psychopath and, uh, and narcissist that would uh, want to have an inferior being worship him and lift him up in praise, um, then that's a good thing. Uh, so... If yeah. we've had some fun yeah. at your expense, uh, Kirk, to no, no, help to drive no. that point Terry, home. Terry, uh, God's looking for a genuine, <laughs> caring, family-oriented relationship. And last time I checked, children uh, in a healthy family do not bow down to or worship their parents. Um, but most don't even respect them. Uh, but in yeah. this one, it'd be, it would be a really good idea to love good and respect, to, uh, respect. Uh, our, yeah. our mom and dad, in this case, mm-hmm. our spiritual mother and our heavenly father. Um, and we'll leave you with that thought. Uh, have a wonderful Shabbat. Mm-hmm. May Yahweh bless one and all. Look forward to being with you this time next week. Mm-hmm. Good night. Okay. Y'all too. Shabbat Shalom, y'all. Shabbat Shalom. Mm-hmm.